things that we need to know and understand. And I think many, many times as Christians, we just kind of overlook these things in our lives, in our Christian walk. Uh, we are many times looking at, of course, are we praying enough and are we doing things enough? But how much of our Christian walk is our responsibility? So there's a couple of things that I want to give to you today that could be potentially life-changing for you. And, uh, uh, and the first thing is, is understanding, first of all, that... A large part of whether you are succeeding in life and living a victorious life is your will. Is your will, okay? Everything we know that is in this construct that is called Christianity, and I I really strongly do not use the term religion because what we are, we are not in a religion. We are in a way of life. Christianity is not a religion. It's a way of life. You know, Jesus said this is how you should live your life, and the Word of God gives us tons and tons of information on how we should do that. But it's all up to us. It's our will. When your will lines up with God's will, and I say again, When your will lines up with God's will, then your blessings abound. In scripture, God had said at one point, will you build my house? Okay, will you build my house? And speaking to Solomon. All right, and of course, he willed to build build the house, you see. And so it is today, you know. If God's will is such and such for your life, then your job as a Christian is to line up with God's will. So God's will is for you to be to be prosperous. So will do you will to be prosperous? God's will is for you to be happy. So do you will to be happy by your will? I mean, it, this is God's will. Now we can choose not to be happy for a host of reasons. Okay, that's not on God. That's on you. Amen. God said that you shall prosper if you do this, that, and the other. And so therefore it's God's, if your will is lined up for that, you will indeed be be prosperous. It's God's will for you to be victorious. Is it your will to be victorious? Okay? But if you do everything that you possibly can to not be victorious, then guess what? You're not going to be victorious. Amen? And God outlines the things in Scripture and throughout and throughout our prayer life and things in terms of what we should be doing in order to be victorious. Um, do you will to speak to, to, to those demons that would bring sickness into your life? Do you bind up that spirit of infirmity? You know, do you bind up that spirit of fear? It is, it is not God's will for you to be fearful. Amen? God Word of, the word of God says that I have not given you that spirit, a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So do you will not to entertain that spirit of fear? And do you, do you will not to let a, allow it to be in your house? One of the most effective words in the English language is the simple word, no. One of the most effective words is the simple word, no. Okay? And how many times do we as Christians use the word no? One of the most effective things also is for us as Christians to understand that we do not have to always be in agreement with everyone. We do not have to always be in agreement with someone. You don't have to always be in agreement with a, 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 a thought pattern. You know, we are so driven today, especially by this political correctness. And I'm not speaking about politics, but I'm just talking about this political correctness of what you should and should not say. You know, the country and the world is being driven by group think, you know. And if you dare to think in a way different than others, and especially as a child of God, we oftentimes do not think the way, uh, the way others do, and we are not in agreement, okay? It is okay for us to not be in, agree- in agreement, and it's okay for us to be able to say no. It doesn't matter if we're dealing with politics, a lifestyle, or any other popular way of thinking, okay? Today, more and more things are becoming so acceptable, you know, and I will say this from the pulpit, anyone hearing it on the internet, uh, I'm sorry if you don't like it, then just turn off the, the, the podcast that you're hearing, but but uh, um, look, at, look at Walt Disney, who has been revered for so many years, you know, as the epitome of children's programming. And now all of a sudden they have alternative lifestyles being showed in the Disney movies. Okay, and they're putting all sorts of things in to, to try and normalize the way of life, the lifestyle that is contrary to the word of God. Now, does that mean that just because we as Christians are not in agreement with that lifestyle or any alternative lifestyles to the word of, to the word of God, does that mean that we dislike those people or that we hate them? No, we don't hate them at all. 
Okay, all we are simply saying is that if it is not in line with the word of God, then I, as a Christian, I cannot subscribe to that way of thinking. I cannot go along with that way of thinking. And and any opportunity that I have, if you ask me especially, I will voice my opinion and my belief in line with the word of God, and I won't be afraid to do so. So we as Christians do not always have to be in agreement. Amen? If you have friends that are trying to pull you into a direction that you know is counter to the word of God, and they're telling you, oh, it's okay for you to do this, it's okay for you to do that. I know other Christians that do that. I know other Christians that do this and do that. Okay? If it's outside of the word of God and you know it's not in line with the word of God, it's okay for you to not be in agreement. Amen? Amen? And, and I must say to you, I really stop and I say that our own any person that is a friend of yours, why would they want to pull you away from the word of God, especially if they know that you hold the word of God as being very important in your life? Amen. So what kind of friend would that be to, to part, try and pull me away? Okay. If you notice that it's okay for the world, it's okay, it's okay with, with them as long as I am in agreement with them because that's their thought. That's their lifestyle. That's their choice. Okay? So if you are free to believe that, if you are free to pursue that, then why am I not free to, to not agree with you? Why am I not free to follow that which I hold to be near and dear and true to me, which is the word of God? Why am I not free to do that? Why must I think the way the group thinks? Okay? You know? The interesting thing that I find very, very fascinating, and we had a, a case that uh, was uh, not too long ago, I think it was either late last year or earlier this year, in, in a court situation where the person who had committed this crime, you know, the judge found it in his heart to let this person go, and the person was guilty. And he's like, what, what's, what's with all of that? You know, and the reasoning behind it was so he could attend his crops or something like that. You know, but that makes no sense at all. But then as I was listening to that on the radio, what Holy Spirit brought back to me was look at, look at, look at uh, preceding the trial of Jesus, the crowd shouted for Barabbas. When Pilate said, who shall we release? In accordance with Jewish custom back then, around before the Passover time, the Jewish people could choose one person to be released from jail. Okay, they held up Jesus. Pontius Pilate held up Jesus, held up Barabbas. Barabbas was a known murderer. He was a thief. He was a vile individual. And the crowd shouted for Barabbas. They let Barabbas go free. Okay? That was the group thinking. So moving forward, we as Christians, you have to maintain the fact that I have a choice, especially as a child of God. I have a choice. And I also have the right to not agree with you. I can say no to you. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're a family, if you're a friend, if you're my boss or whomever. If it's outside of the word of God, we as Christians have to understand that we have the right to not have to agree, to be able to, to say no. Many people, including, including Christians, are afraid to say no. They need to learn to say no and not always agree, especially the way the world is going today. Temptations will come before you, not necessarily um, bad temptations, but people will come before you to lead you to where, to where they would have you to go, but you must learn to say no. You know, if someone was to say to you, let's go, you know, break in something and let's go steal this, you know, and I mean, look at all of the looting and things that, that goes on. You know, if someone invited you to go along with that, you know, first of all, it's wrong in accordance with man's law, but definitely not in accordance with God's law. Amen. So would you go along with that? You know, would you go along with it? How strong enough are you to be able to say no, or I'm not in agreement? I've seen many, many Christians at times when they get into, when there's a healthy debate going back and forth amongst a group of people. Be it, be it work, uh, be it, be it, be it work, uh, peers or whatever, or, or even in the family or wherever it may be, that everybody is voicing this opinion, you know, and you look around and say like there's 12 of them, and they're all voicing the same opinion, and they're all nodding, yeah, 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 and then they look at you, and in your gut, you're saying no, no, no. What do you do? Do you nod because all 12 of the others are saying yeah, yeah, yeah? Or are you bold and strong enough to stand up and say, no, I disagree? And they say, well, why do you disagree? And then you tell them why you disagree. Okay? Then the other thing that you have to ask yourself is, are you bold enough if the basis for your disagreement is founded in the Word of God, is based on the Word of God, are you bold enough to refer to the Word of God? 
Are you really bold enough to sit around these other people who possibly are not even Christians or maybe non-believers or unbelievers? Are you even bold enough and say, but I'm sorry, but according to the word of my God, according to the Bible, this is, this is the case, so and so and so and so. Are you bold enough to actually say that when you're around these other 10 or 12 people who are strongly going in the opposite direction? You see? You see? Yeah? And many times as Christians, we overlook this important aspect of our lives because we say, are, are, are we praying? Are, are, are we going to church? Church? Are we reading the Bible? Are, are, are we tithing? Are we, are we doing this? Are we doing that? And you go along the list of the so-called normal things that are required of a Christian, and you're doing all of those things, but then yet still your lifestyle outside of church and when you are around others, you're in agreement with all of the things that are, are, are contrary to the Word of God. Amen? God sees within. God knows how you're really thinking and how you're really feeling. And if you're not bold enough and strong enough to stand up and say, according to the word of God, of which I am a believer, I'm sorry, but I do not, I do not agree with that. Do I hate you for it? No, I don't hate you for it. Do I love those that follow that direction, or do I hate those, I should say, that follow that direction? No, I do not hate them. Matter of fact, I love them. Because my word of God, my word of God says, the word of God says that which governs my life, that I need to love those that do not understand. So, so yes, I do not agree. I will not go in that direction. I do not follow. But I'm sorry. I don't hate you. You know, not at all. If you're willing to listen, I will tell you why I believe the way I do. But the same way you are saying that you're free to think and believe what you believe, then leave me to be free to think and feel what I believe. Okay? That's one of my biggest concerns. Amen? At one time, it was okay to have healthy debate. It was okay to have healthy discussion as to two sides of a story. Okay, but the way things in this world, in this country particularly, are going, if you're not in line with the group think, especially if it's contrary to the word of God, then, then you are a pariah. You are the bad one. You are the one that should be, you're, you're Hitler. You're this and you're that and you're called every name beside the Son of God. Amen, amen. This is wrong, especially for us Christians. And what I'm saying to you today is that... Um, as a revelation that was given to me, I'm sharing it with you today because how much can I call myself a Christian? Yes, I pastor a church, I pastor a ministry, but if I am one that is out there nodding in agreement with things that I know is contrary to the word of God, then how is God viewing the internal me? Okay, because God doesn't look at the external actions. You don't get to heaven by your works. You get to heaven because of what Jesus Christ did and by your acknowledgement and belief in him and asking him to be your Lord and Savior. It's the internal things that, things that God looks at. So how can you be blessed if you are deep down inside, you're subscribing to and you are agreeing with those things that are contrary to the word of God. And worst of all, you are afraid and you're not bold enough to stand up for Jesus and say why you're thinking that way. What does Jesus say? If you deny me on earth, Okay, I shall deny you before the Father. Amen. So you got to be careful. Who do you want to please more? Would you rather please man or would you rather please God? It's okay for you as a Christian to not be in agreement. Many people are afraid to be bold because they say they do not want to offend. Eh? I don't want to offend. Oh gee, that's my mother-in-law. That's my father-in-law. That's my cousin. That's my wife's family. That's my husband's family. Okay? This is this. This is that. They're this. They're this. Okay? So therefore, you go along in agreement instead of being bold enough to say, in love or with love, I disagree with you. Okay? I disagree with you. Okay? And here's the reason I disagree with you. I still love you as my cousin. I still love you as my brother, my sister, my mother, my husband, my wife. I still love you. But this is why I disagree. And you know what? If you love me the way I love you, then that means that it should be okay for me to disagree with you. And you should receive my disagreement without shunning me, without turning me away, without not, without not looking at me, without wanting me to leave your home or to be considered not a part of the family. Because if you love me the way I love you, and if it's okay for me to accept you, even though you don't agree with me, even though your lifestyle or this thing that you're talking about, whatever it might be, is so contrary to what the Word of God says, even though you're saying that, I do not view you as being vile. I do not view you as being Hitler. I do not view you as being get out of my sight. You know, I still love you. Okay? And why do we have to be like that? 
Because that's how Jesus was. That's how Jesus is. Okay? Alright? What did he say on the cross? After the way they had treated him in those days leading up to the crucifixion. Before he died, before he gave up the ghost, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Amen? So those people that may be despising you, yes, you have to forgive them. But also bear in mind that you need to be bold enough to stand up for who you are because God is looking at you. God is listening to your answers. You are an emissary. You are a, uh, uh, an apostle, if you will. When you come to the Lord and you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you're studying, you're studying, you're studying, you know, at a stage in your life you are a disciple, so to speak, because you're learning. The way Jesus' apostles were disciples before they became apostles, and apostles are those that are sent forth. So as you've been learning about God and you know of God, you also should be going about propagating and bringing forth the word of God as Holy Spirit so sets the occasion. I'm not saying that you need to go set up a soapbox on the corner of the busy street in your town and start preaching the word of God and repent and repent and repent and all of that and shouting out for the world to see, to hear you and to see you. But should someone come across your way or if you are involved in a situation, God expects you as his child to be bold enough to stand up and to say what you believe. Okay, you can't be a milquetoast Christian. Okay? Some years back, I did a sermon. It was called Milk Toast. You know, Milk Toast was a, a character from a, a, an old 19, 1924 cartoon that was in the newspapers. And I forget his first name now, but his last name was Milk Toast. It was spelled M-I-L-Q-U-E-T-O-A-S-T, something like that. And that term evolved into Milk Toast. He was someone who was cowardly. He was someone that was always too afraid to speak up and to say his mind. You know, and hence the expression, you know, gee whiz, you know, so and that, he's nothing but milk toast. Meaning that he's such a wimp and so forth like that. But we as Christians, we can't be milk toast Christians. Amen. You need to be bold enough, you see. And I will tell you something. I will tell you something, man. As surely as I'm standing here, and I am standing here. Um, there have been many times in my life that I stood up for what I knew the word of God was saying. In very public environments. Very public environments. And at the time, I felt the, the um, how can I say, where I was like being pushed out. Where I was almost like being, you know, sent to the desert island. People were not receiving what it was that I was saying. I could feel it. People just didn't go for what I was saying, but I was standing by the word of God. Later on, the blessings that came. The blessings that came because I was bold enough and strong enough to say what the word of God says to say. The blessings came. And later on, many of those that were there came up privately and they said, can I talk to you sometime? You made me stop to think. You made me start thinking. You made me this. You made me that. You made me that. Okay. So God used the boldness that was there to touch the lives of some other people. And that's what God wants you to do. All right. You know how many times where I was called to give the, uh, the opening ceremony, the opening uh, prayer at, at, at very public breath, breakfasts, okay, where this was not a Christian, Christian crowd, whereas usually they steer away. They will, uh, uh, many that they've asked to pray will open the prayer with, you know, oh, creator of all the universe, you know, oh, mother tree, and, and they, they try to cover everything and everything and everything, and they never end the prayer in, in the name of Jesus. The word of God says that when you end your prayer, you say in the name of Jesus. And if I am asked publicly to pray, I don't care who's there, what nationalities, what groups or whomever they are. If you ask me to pray, then that means that I'm assuming you're accepting my prayer as I say it. And don't expect me to modify it to suit men that are out there. And I always end the prayer in the name of Jesus. Sometimes I'll watch the reaction. Sometimes I don't care. I'll just go on and get off the stage and sit down or whatever. But, but all I'm just saying to you is that you've got to do what you know the word of God is saying to you for you to do. Because God looks at the intents of the heart. God knows whether or not you care and, and how, bold, how bold you are um, concerning the things, the things of God. We are children of God. Therefore, we should not be afraid to be bold. We should not be afraid to be bold. Go to um, John chapter 2. John chapter 2. Everything about Jesus is always taught as love. And yes, Jesus is indeed love. The word of God speaks much about patience. The word of God speaks much about being humble and mild-mannered and so forth. 
And I guess when you say that I'm standing up here telling you to be bold, that that's contradicting the Word of God. Well, no, it isn't contradicting the Word of God, because the Word of God speaks tons about being bold, okay? And we look in John chapter 2, and go to uh, John chapter 2, and that's just zero into verse 13, okay? John 2, verse 13. Praise the living God. Thank you, Jesus. John chapter 2, verse 13. And we start, and it starts with, And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves, and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, that's a whip, of uh, small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables and said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. And his disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thine house has eaten me up. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up, raise it up in three days? But he spoke of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. Now when he was in Jerusalem and at the Passover in the feast day, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them, because he knew all men and decided not that they should testify of man, for he knew what was in, what was in man. For he knew what was in man. So what he's talking about there in, in the latter part of those scriptures is that when he said, I'll build it up in three days, he's talking about the resurrection of his body and so on. But the point I want you to focus on was, here was quote-unquote mild-mannered Jesus. What did he do? He showed a heck of a lot of boldness and anger in my book. He went through that place and tore it up. Now, we've all seen the Hollywood productions of that scene where he overthrew the tables and the money, the money chained the temple there. You saw how angry he was, and he took that scourge or that whip and went through and tore the place up. Now, Jesus was not so milk toast. He did not walk in there and say, um, um, please, can you um, get that stuff out of here? Please, 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 get that stuff out of here. It's my father's house. Oh, please get it out. No, no, no. He went through and he showed some anger. Jesus was bold, you know. So... This is righteous boldness, righteous anger, if you will, okay? There's a time in our lives, you know, where, and I'm not saying necessarily if you're in disagreement that it has to be to the point of anger, but what I'm saying to you is that if those that are around you or if there's a situation that is taking you outside of the Word of God, that you need to make a decision to not go along with that, amen? If it's a decision that is not involving other people, then maybe it's a decision that you have to make about yourself concerning your will. Concerning your will. I opened this sermon talking about if you're in line with God's will. If, if God said, will you build this house? You say, yes, Lord, I will build this house. If you're not saying, no, Lord, I hear you, but I'm not going to build this house, then obviously you're not in line with God's will. Amen? So if that will is even outside of your comfort zone, or outside of others' comfort zones, you have to, again, go by what the Word of God is telling you to do. What the Word of God says you should do in that situation. And I say to you, saints of God, that every single situation in our lives, every single, there's not one situation in our lives, in our lives that cannot be addressed by the Word of God. I don't care how it is. I don't care how, how, how it is. Every single situation. Amen? Amen? <laughs> I've been putting off taking my car in for an oil change for the Lord knows how long. Okay? Okay? For ministering to somebody here, it seems. Alright? You see? You see that every situation comes back to the Word of God. Alright? And I've been putting off, putting off, putting it off. Okay? And even back to before I retired. Okay? Monday morning is the best day. I'll take him to Monday morning. Retired. All my Mondays are free now. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, if I can do it any day of the week. And I keep on putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, okay? Okay, tying back to the Word of God, there's so many scriptures that address that. There's, ones, there's a whole many, many scriptures, scriptures that talk about procrastination. Talk about procrastination. 
Okay, putting off until tomorrow and all that sort of thing. Amen, amen. And Holy Spirit's been ministering to that. And since I'm bringing it up now, may I better get that done this week coming ahead. Amen. But I'm saying to you that every single little area of your life can be tied back to the Word of God. Amen, amen. And the time, you know, sometimes when I do get off the duff finally and do something, you know, sometimes Holy Spirit will see, well, look at that. There's a sale you just missed. You, you know, just last week you drive into the place, there's a sign up there and 25% off the oil changes expand, expired last week. You see, and so if I had gone, that's happened to me too. So I'm saying this to you. The Word of God speaks about procrastination. Every single thing in your life, no matter what the issue is, can be traced back to the Word of God if you're seeking the word of God. Amen. So this is another reason that you have to learn to be able to say no, to be bold enough to say no, and and to not necessarily be in agreement with those all all around you. You you have to be You have to be the captain of your ship, or I should say not the captain. God should be the captain of your ship, but the co-pilot, if you will, maybe. That's a better term. Amen. Let God be the, the pilot of your life. Amen? Amen? And when you're around somebody or an issue comes up, be bold enough and strong enough to not be in agreement the way Jesus was not in agreement with, with the money with the money changes. Are you bold concerning things that are important to you? We are children of God, therefore we should not be afraid. Go to Proverbs, the book of Proverbs. Book of Proverbs. Praise the living God. Okay, Proverbs uh, 28. Proverbs 28. Okay. Proverbs 28, verse number 1. And we're just going to do verse number 1. The wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are bold as a lion. The wicked flee when no man pursues. But the righteous are bold as a lion. Okay? In other words, what that is saying is that that person that is not a child of God, that person that doesn't know Jesus, they get fearful when there's no reason to be fearful. Okay? If you're unsaved and you're unborn and you're not born again, you don't know the Lord, when something comes up in your life, you flee, you get panicky, you get anxiety attacks, you get, you get into a state because you don't know the Lord. So therefore, the situation that that person is fearful of or fleeing from, quite possibly could be no reason for that person to flee. Okay? Conversely, to a child of God, when that situation, that same situation arises in your life, as a child of God, the first thing you know to do is instead of running... You go to the Lord, and you don't fall into a state of fear, at least not sustained fear, you know. The interesting thing about us Christians is that when something happens in your life that takes you by surprise, yeah, there may be that 10, 12, 50, you know, 30 seconds or so where you get, oh gosh, what am I going to do, okay? But to a child of God, you should be able to recover, all right? After that first 30 seconds or one minute at the longest that you're, you're, you're thinking about this disastrous thing that just came into your life, this piece of mail you opened up, this phone call you just got, something you saw in an email, this disastrous thing hits. Yeah, it may catch you by, oh gosh, okay, but as a child of God you recover because you take it to the Lord. Okay, and you know that all things happen together for good for those that love him. Amen? So therefore you don't stay in a state of panic. You don't flee. But, but the wicked, as it says here, the wicked flee when no man pursues. Alright? So a person that is afraid, in other words, you know, I kind of picture somebody just running in, in fight, running, 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 they look around, and there's no one even behind them. Okay? But they're running and running and running in, 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 in fear. You see? That's for the person that is wicked. But as a child of God, with that boldness that's in you, when that thing comes up front, at front, when it confronts you, that evil thing, that thing where the devil is using this piece of mail, this phone call, or whatever it is that you got that's shaking you up, is trying to use that to make you fearful, that you're bold enough to remember who you are, and using the word of God, you, you, you um, um, uh, cancel out that thing. You cancel it. 
First of all, if there's someone that's plotting against you and then you see this thing is that, that there's a thread to what's been happening in your life, you say, well, first of all, in the name of Jesus Christ, I cancel that contract in the name of Jesus. Every single evil contract trying to be formed against me in the name of Jesus, I call it null and void. Not in my name, but in the master's name of Jesus. Satan, every single plan, every single contract that you're trying to form against me, I canceled out in the name of Jesus. You have no, you, you have no effect on my life. So you become bold and you fight back. The evil person runs. They fall apart. They, they, they get fearful. Amen? Amen? The person in your office, you know, someone five floors up, got a pink slip. They got laid off. This person in the whole other department is sitting at her desk and she's crying. Oh, what's the matter with you? Didn't you hear? That person that was stealing up on the fifth floor got laid off. What does that have to do with you? But she's crying. She's so fearful. She's so fearful because for some reason she's fleeing, but there's no one pursuing her. You see? You see? So right away, because something bad is happening to someone else, all of a sudden she's all upset and crying because she thinks that's going to happen to her. But there's no indication. There's nothing pursuing her. You see? A child of God would not be thinking that way. I don't care if the whole floor is getting laid off. And that's happened. I was working in private industry and engineering firms many times. Once a project completed, those that were working on the project got laid off. And that, that proverbial pink slip, that's what they used to do it back then. They put this termination notice on your desk. You go out to lunch and come back and there's a pink notice on your desk. Boom. That's how, how concerned they were. Amen. But I never got upset about, oh, did you see that? The guy sitting next to you got a pink slip on his desk. Aren't you going to say, no, I'm not. If God's ready for me to go, then I'll go. But that means, because that means that God's got something else for me. You see? You see? You see? So why do you fear when there's no reason for you to fear? That's what that scripture is, is, is saying. For the person that is wicked, for the person that does not know God, yes, they wind up fearing when there really isn't even a reason to fear. But we as Christians should be bold. Amen? Let's go to um, Philippians 1.20. Philippians chapter 1. Okay? We forget so much about being bold, you know. Sometimes we just think bold means walking around, you know, like a braggart. Just thumping your chest, you know, how great I am, how great I am and everything. Nah, not necessarily. Being bold is simply being strong enough to, to not do what someone else or others are wanting you to do and not just following, following the pattern. You know, I, I, I remember, I may have mentioned this before, but when I was a youngster... Growing up being such a, such a good teenager, huh, and, and, and staying out of trouble, huh, when something had happened in school or whatever, and I got into trouble with the principal's office or whatever, and, and our, um, mom and dad had to come up, and I forget what the matter was, but I was going along with what others were doing, and after we left the principal's office, my mom and dad got me home. They said, first of all, remember who you are. Like you've heard me say a million times, you're a cop, you don't believe it, we don't behave that way, and we're Christians, we do this and we do that. And my mom looked at me and she said, Michael, stop being a follower. Stop being a follower. Just say no. And what I was doing was getting caught up along with what everybody else was doing, you know, you know, and I was the one that got into trouble. Time went by and I was a young man with my first car and I was speeding someplace. All the other cars were speeding, so I was speeding. Look in the rearview mirror, hit a siren, whoop, 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 it's the, it's the police. Pulled me over, you know, and stupid me, the first thing I say, didn't you see him? He went by, he got, look at me, say, yeah, I saw him, but I got you. <laughs> okay, simple as that, but I got you. Amen. So it's no excuse to be following along with somebody else. You've got to be bold enough to not do what the others want you to do. So, uh, um, where, where were we here? Philippians 1, verse number 20, simply says, According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed. In nothing, in nothing I shall be ashamed. But that with all boldness, underlined, but that with all boldness, as always, 
So now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. Okay, so you see there, but with all boldness. So again, the word, the word of God here is saying that we should be, uh, we should at all times be bold. Go to Matthew, book of Matthew, Matthew 10. Praise the living God. Matthew 10. Okay. We have to will to be in line with God's word. Matthew 10, verse number 16. Matthew 10, verse 16. Okay. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But be aware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up to take, when they, when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what you shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what you shall speak. For it is not for it is not you that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaks in you. Okay? So behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of the wolves. We live in a world today where, where, where we are surrounded by wolves, if you will, especially as being a child of God, as being a Christian, you know? And whether or not you are one of those people that really talks about your Christianity, you know, um, and, and, and some of us will talk about their Christianity more, more than others, and also obviously depending on where you work, I mean, especially if you're in city, state, and federal government, they want to kind of separate that stuff out. But I'm saying to you that all that to simply means is that we cannot or should not necessarily be out there proselytizing. In other words, when you're at work during business hours, you shouldn't be out there trying to convert people. You know, let me pray for you. Don't you want to pray and ask Jesus into your life? You know, we shouldn't be doing that in the workplace. You know, and whatnot. But, but, but um, you know, don't misunderstand what I'm saying, though. If, if, if the Holy Spirit presents an opportunity and sends someone in your way, in your direction, and is curious and is asking about God, then by all means, you should indeed share that. You should indeed share it and minister to them as Holy Spirit so guides but what this is saying also that we are like sheep among wolves and we we need to be very very mindful of what's going on around you but at the core of this is really what's saying is that if for some reason you get into a predicament you're in a spot there where your boldness of being a child of God and a Christian and whatnot uh, winds up putting you in a situation where you are brought before someone before a boss, before, you know, some body of people because of your actions as speaking as a child of God. What this is saying is that don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Because God will give you the things to say and speak at that particular time. Amen. If you're doing what God wants you to do, all I can say to you is rest assured that God is not going to let you or see you get into harm's way. Okay, there may be a time of some discomfort, maybe, maybe you wonder what's going on, but ultimately, though, the thing will be that, you know, so-and-so says, oh, oh the boss wants you in, in, in the in office at, at, at 10 o'clock, you know, Monday morning or whatever, okay? And you've got all weekend to think about it. Well, you don't need to think about it. All you got to do is think about how am I going to pray about it, and then just give it to God. Because when 10 o'clock comes Monday morning and you walk into that place, God will give you the words to say. God will so confound them. Okay, and believe me, I've been in court situations, you know, employee court situations, and 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 trust me, I'm I'm saying to you that 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 God intervenes and whatnot, and I actually, I actually saw a, a, a an instance where the, the 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 person on the stand literally got so confounded and confused that he did not even know what he was saying, contradicting himself. All I had to do was simply sit there. You see, so what I'm saying to you is that I'm speaking from experience. You need to be strong enough and bold in the Lord and don't. Don't worry about what's going to be happening. And if you are put into a situation because of your boldness and because of your decision not to be in agreement, that God will give you the words to say and will get you out of any particular situations that you may wind up getting into. Okay, if you go to Luke, go to the book of Luke, Luke 21, Luke 21 and... Starting with verse number 8. Okay. 
And this is an area that we really need to watch over today in this day and age. Luke 21, starting with verse number 8. And he said, and if you're reading a red, a red letter Bible, these words are written in red because it means that this is Jesus speaking. And he said, take heed that you be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. Go you not therefore after them. Okay? Be not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must, come, must first come to pass. But the end is not by and by. Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in divers places, and famine, and pestilences, and fearful sights, and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these they shall lay their hands on you, and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues, and unto the prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Let me just pause there for a moment. How many businesses are going through Hades now because they chose to follow the word of God rather than do things with baking a cake or doing other things? Because what was wanted of them, or was being asked of them, was contrary to the word of God. They were delivered up before the courts. They were fined. Okay? So if whatever you do in life puts you in a situation where you have to choose between doing what the word of God says to do and what man is saying to you, what would you choose? Amen? Would you be so timid and would you be so weak? Would you be so milquetoast that you would give in and do what you know the word of God says not to do? Or would you be bold enough and strong enough to stand by the word of God, whatever those consequences might be? Amen? Because you know that whatever blessings God will give to you or will have for you because you chose to do what was right and to follow him will certainly be a lot better than if you chose to follow what man would have you to do. Amen? 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 I remember someone that said one time, oh, I love him so much, I would follow him to the gates of hell. I said, boy, oh boy, oh boy, she didn't know what she was saying. Didn't know what she was saying. Anytime you put someone before your eternity, all right? You see? So you got to stop and think about that. You know, how bold are you to not be just so willing to go along with, with others because that group think pattern says that you should do such and such a thing. Verse 13, and it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it, 14, settle it therefore in your hearts, not to meditate before what you shall answer. So in other words, make up your mind. Let your will be that I will not worry about, I will not think about what I, what I will need to say in this situation. Verse 15 For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. So in other words, when you are brought before someone and when you're challenged because you decided not to agree with the group or you decided not to go along with what was being said or what was being asked of you to, part, to participate in, God here is saying there that, that I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to, to, uh, to, uh, what is it, to gain, say, nor is this. In other words, what you will wind up saying, they will not be able to counter. Okay? You know? They will try to put something to you and the words that God will give you to say, the argument that you bring back, they will not be able to, to, to come back. They will not be able to answer back. They will not be able to put forth because, you're, because you will bring forth such wisdom in your answer that they will not be able to resist it. Amen? Amen? So this is like when you're sitting, Lord, Lord, gee whiz, what shall I say? What shall I say? Well, in the first place, the only rehearsal that you can do about a situation that is pending in your life if there's some position that you chose to take that got you into quote-unquote trouble or got you into a place where now you're being brought before others to decide what to do with you, so to speak, okay? The only way you can decide what you're going to say is if you know what they're going to say. How can you build a defense against something when you don't know what the people are going to say to you? I mean, you may know what the general thing is, but as far as the actual words or the actual questions, you don't know the answers to that. 
So how can you sit back and meditate and prepare for it? Amen? How can you rehearse it? Alright? If you stop and think about it, if you try to rehearse something, the mere word rehearse, what is it associated with? It's associated with a play or a movie that you're an actor in. And when you rehearse something, you read a what? A script. And what's in the script? In the script is what John is going to say, and then what you're going to say, and then what John is going to say, and what you're going to say, because it's all been scripted. So therefore, if you're an actor and you're preparing to, to be in a play, and you're reading your part, you've got your part, you've got the other person's part, you've got three or four other actors all listed there, so you know exactly what's going to happen. Life doesn't work that way. So therefore, how can you meditate and rehearse what's going to be said when you go before these people who are going to be questioning you because of a position that you decided to take. Well, God, what God is saying to you is that God knows the script. He knows what they're going to say. Therefore, what God is going to prepare you to say is going to be so dynamite that they will not be able to come back with an answer. They will not be able to refute or give a reason for continuing their actions against you. Amen? So if you go there knowing that all of this is going on, that God is working on all of this, then there's no reason for you to be worried, afraid, and therefore not be bold. There's no reason for you to feel, well, gee, was I better go in and I better just simply agree with everything that they tell me to do. I just merely just have to settle and, and whatnot. You know, do you believe the sky is green? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I believe the sky is green. Oh, yes, 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 yes. You know, you believe that water flows up. Oh, yes, I believe that water flows up. Because you're going to give in to what they're thinking and to what they're saying. You see? And this day and age also, you know, they said that I send you forth, you know, as, as sheep in, uh, among wolves. We're living in a day and age that is very, very dangerous. And if you aren't, aren't, aren't um, wise enough and Holy Spirit guided enough to, to, to see what's going on in this world, then you'll be swallowed up. You will be swallowed up. Okay? Because first of all, if you're a child of God, if you really, 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 really have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you call yourself a child of God, there's a target on your back. And the devil would love to see you uh, not succeed in what God wants you to do. And, and he will put every single opportunity there to just destroy your path or to discourage, discourage your, your walk, you see? So therefore, being bold and, 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 being, and, 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 and your will being that I am going to do God's will will mean that you will be in a place where you have to choose whether you're going to agree or disagree. And not just silently disagree. Alright? There's going to come the time, and I say to you, I prophesy to you even, that there will be a time in your life that you have to actually say whether you agree or disagree and the reason why, and your reason why, which is based on the word of God, you're going to be, God's going to be expecting you to be bold enough to say that. I'm telling you, it's getting to that point. Especially if you're in a position where you deal with the public. Because any action that you take could be deemed by someone, you're anti this. You're anti that, you know. You, 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 you know, you know, you, you, you're against walls. You know, oh, he doesn't like green. You're a so and so. You don't like green. You're a greenist or something, anti-greenist or some other term that I come up with. Amen. So, as a child of God, what I'm saying to you very seriously is that in the direction that this land is taking, with groupthink being the thing, and especially a, a Christianity not being defended, all right. You could very well be in a position where you will have to stand up for your rights and say why you're not doing so. Amen? And I say this to anyone that's here in this sanctuary today and anyone that might be hearing this podcast, if you've got children, you've really got to watch what's going on in, in schools. Because as a child of God and your children being a children of God, you need to be able to, to stand up and go down to that school and firmly tell them why you're not sitting down for what that school is trying to do with your child. In terms of being taught, things that are being, what your child is being exposed to. Just because the rest of the land thinks that it's okay, does not mean that we as children of God think that it's okay. Amen? Well, I'm not going to take my child to see that Disney movie. Why? Why? What are you going to really say? Oh, the Disney screens are too big. That's why. You know, some other stupid answer. You know, are you going to be bold enough to say why? Well, well, now all of a sudden they put this character in there that does so and so, so and so. Oh, well, why are you against so and so and so? Oh, that's going to take you now to the next level. 
will take you into that whole that, that whole same sex thing. All right. And then as a child of God, how prepared are you to talk on that? Okay. And again, the bottom line there, and I give you the answer, I gave it to you before, is that God doesn't hate them that are choosing to live that life. God loves them. God hates what they do. Okay, and all you are saying, I'm saying to you what God is saying, because this is my God. And my life is, I, I believe what the word of God says. If you believe that that's okay, then fine. I will pray for you. And I do pray for you because I love you enough to hope that you will see what the word of God is saying. Okay, but if that's okay for you, then this should be okay for me. And the way I love you, even though you're doing that, you should love me even though I'm doing this. You know? And in the final analysis, really the bottom line, that only one of us is going to be right. Amen? If you that believe that other lifestyle is alright, okay, and you don't believe in hell, because usually when you talk they don't believe in that. They're just saying, oh, when you die there's nothing after. You just, it's all blackness, there's nothing, you don't know nothing else. Okay? They don't believe in an afterlife in heaven, in heaven, judgment, and so on like that. Amen? So if that's the way it is, and if you're right, then even I, as a child of God, i got nothing to worry about then, because there's nothing after this. It just stops. Okay? But on the other hand, if I'm right, what the Word of God says, you've got a lot to be concerned about. You've got a lot to be concerned about. If you're right and there's no judgment, God's not going to ever look back and, and look at our lives to see what we did. If that's, if that's the case, we're just going to boom. You know, you turn the TV off, that's the end of Michael Cobb TV. Mm. Channel ceases to broadcast, that's it. If that's the case, where well, nobody's got nothing to worry about. You don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you really believe what the Word of God says, that you have an afterlife, and that afterlife is going to last for eternity, and how you live your life on this earth in line with the Word of God, okay, can determine whether you spend that eternity in heaven or in hell. And, and eternity is a long time. Mm-hmm. And if I'm right about that, then you folks of the other belief you got something to consider. Amen? 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 So, so, so getting like this, he says that the word of God, will, he, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak. Re- resuming in verse number 16. Well, let, me, let me start at 15 again and read through. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. And you shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolks and friends. And some of you, you shall they cause to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But there shall not a hair of your head perish. Please in the line. But there shall not a hair of your head perish. In your patience possess you your souls. Alright? There shall not be a hair on your head perish. Alright? So in other words, if you decide to disagree, and you don't go along with all of the stuff that they want you to believe and to do and to say... They will give, God will give you the words to speak if you're brought before a group of people to be challenged. But in the bottom line, it says that you'll be hated by those that you're close to. Friends, kinfolk, you know, brethren, parents. <coughs> Excuse me. You have to make a decision though. Who are you going to follow? Alright? But the bottom line is that in the long run, you benefit. Because God is the one that is in charge of eternity. And it says there that you shall not perish. Okay? And underline the word uh, perish there. Uh, not a hair on your head, perish. You know, perish is more than just dying or something like that. Perishing is separation from God. Amen? Amen? So the bottom line here is that if you do those things, and getting down to closing, if you do those things, there's nothing for you to be worried about because God will certainly still take care of you. Uh, Let's go to... Let's go to, real quickly, Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. We're just going to breeze through these familiar scriptures. And I think many times when we are, 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 are trying to figure out whether we're going to agree or disagree with something or someone or a group, group think or whatever, we forget about these scriptures too. Um, 6 verse 10. 
Ephesians 6 verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the, in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the tricks or the strategies of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand it is underlined stand it doesn't mean to wimp out or to fail or fall stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and the fiery darts are those things that come into your lives that would be be disturbing to you to be, be try to be hurtful to you and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and summarizing all this basically what I want to say is that what we've been talking about so far bear in mind that those positions that come into your life that will want you to be in agreement with possibly with something that is counter to the word of God and something that you're not in agreement with um, uh, you know we're, we're in a spiritual warfare here you know and you, you, God does not always give us the ability to see into the spiritual realm, to see what is going on around us. God has angels round about you. You're a child of God. God has angels round about you, protecting you and keeping you safe. But the things that come into your life, into your lives through people, um, in many, many times, is, is often the result of, 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 uh, of some demonic influence where someone is wanting to give you a hard time and wanting to make your day go bad and whatnot because they either know that this is one of your hot buttons, so I'll push this hot button here and get that person upset. Be aware of what's going on around you. That's all. That we are indeed in a spiritual warfare and that we should you should always keep upon us the, 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 the armor that is being uh, discussed here. And then the last scriptures here is in Hebrews. The very last, last scriptures here. Hebrews 4. Okay, Hebrews 4. And start with uh, verse 9. Hebrews 4, 9. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his okay so in other words resting in God is you ceasing from your own works and, and your own works in a case like we're discussing here today is you working trying to figure out how to solve the problem you know let us labor therefore to enter into that rest unless any man fall after the same example of unbelief for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, uh, in his sight but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly, underline boldly, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So unpacking what we've just read here, just going back to verse number 9 there, um, there remaineth therefore rest to the people of God. He that enters into this rest has ceased from his own works as did God did from his if you're, 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 you're resting in God knowing that I'm going to be bold and I'm not going to be agreeing with this situation or this person or this frame of thought frame of reference that, and I'm going to just rest and not worry about it that way you enter into God's rest because you're not trying to figure it out and do it yourself it's very simple the word of God says this is my lifestyle this is my belief pattern this is what I think and therefore that's it I'm not going to worry about what that person is going to think or what anyone else is going to think about it. I'm simply not going to do it you know it, it, it is crystal clear if Anyone told you to to, to, to to go, you know, take a bag and 
and and and and and walk through our uh, Nordstrom, you know, and every dress that you see or every pair of shoes you like, just take that and put it in this bag and just walk out the door. I mean, it would be a no-brainer for you to say, "Are you crazy?" I, I guess it would be. I hopefully, you know, so are you crazy? I'm not even going. I mean, that is so far out of your thinking that for you to even entertain that. Well, so it's got to get in this world today um, with some of the things that may come your way and people wanting you to do or be in agreement with. It's like, are you kidding me? No way. No way am I in agreement with that. And I'm going to be bold enough to say it, to say I'm not, you see. And so therefore, the only thing that we have to labor for, in verse 11, is we have to labor to enter into that rest, unless you fall under the same example of unbelief. Okay, so if you're not working towards staying in the rest of God, then you wind up risking being in a state of unbelief, you see. And then, then the, again, the last uh, uh, few scriptures here in verse 14, seeing that we have a great high priest that is passing through the heavens, Jesus, let us hold fast our profession. We don't have a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sins. So in other words, Jesus went through the same things, experienced the same things that we are experiencing today. Yet still, Jesus was bold enough to constantly say, um, well, my father said... My father said, God the Father said, my father said, Jesus constantly referred back to that. We have to get us to the same point also. Um, No one knows how long it will be before Jesus returns. All I can say to you is that in accordance with the word of God, and if you've been studying it and reading it, you'll see that that something is, is afoot. Um, you can see how rapidly time is flying. Uh, the scriptures we read about wars and rumors of wars, you can look at, listen to the news. I mean, you don't have to follow it. 24-7 to know that almost every corner of the world is some sort of a, of a conflict that's going on. I mean, you know, in, in, in this country, there, there's all sorts of factions and divisions in, in, happening in this nation. So something is afoot, something is going on, and you just need to be prepared that I am a child of God. This is what the Word of God says. This is my yardstick. This is my barometer that, that guides my life, that helps me to make decisions, determining what is right and what is wrong. Okay? And I'm not going to be driven by what you say or what you expect me to do. I don't care who you are. I don't care how close you are. If it's taking me away from the Word of God, then I'm simply not going there. That's all. Okay? And God will reward you for taking that stance. And you see where it said that, too. This read the scriptures where it said, you know, brethren may turn against you. Parents may turn against you and so on down the line, you know, well, so, so, so it may be. I mean, I hope that is not the case for anyone sitting in this sanctuary. But if indeed you do get to the point where someone that is close to you is, is pointing you or making you choose between the word of God and that situation or him or her or whatever the case may be, that you'll take the word of God because you've got an eternity to think about. Amen? Amen? Praise God. I hope this message has been a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let's prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings. Thank <laughs> you.